is my marriage over? That's what clients ask me during coaching sessions all the time. And I have several thoughts on that that might give you some insight, but also some things that you can do to hopefully keep your marriage from being over. In the last two decades, I've seen countless marriages saved, and I'm going to give you some things that can hopefully add yours to those numbers. The first thing that I want to tell you is that if this is newly discovered, you've newly realized that there are problems, or even if it's been after some time, if divorce proceedings have not started, and if you two are still talking, then you have time. And even if you're not still talking, I'm going to get into that too as well. But usually, most of the time, when you start researching and asking the question, is my marriage over? Usually, you have time, and it's not something that you're going to lose if you make the wrong decision in the next 24 hours or something. If it is, then maybe this is not the video for you. But if proceedings haven't started, then you still have time to save your marriage. And that should influence how you interact with your spouse because this is not something that has to be resolved in this second right away as though the marriage itself is holding on to your hand while hanging over a cliff and could fall at any second. It's not that way. View this more as a marathon and not a sprint. This is something that will take time, but where improvements can be seen fairly soon. And so mistakes can be made when you try to rush things or force things. Keep that in mind. You have time, take a deep breath, and let's get going. Number two, what is hurting your marriage worse? Is it the actual issues that your marriage faces, or is it the conflict that comes from those issues? Because in my experience, so many couples end up hurting each other, hurting the relationship, and hurting the chances of survival for the marriage by the way that they interact in conflict. The attacks, the yelling, the negativity that almost seems to be constant, the something's always wrong mindset, those are the things that make someone not want to be in the marriage. And a lot of people can handle more the issues than they can the conflict. And that's why it's so important to focus on positive interactions and to avoid the negative ones. Because you can fight and argue and bicker and think that maybe you reach some kind of resolution, but if there are lingering feelings of resentment, hurt, anger from the interactions, then even if those issues seem to be solved and there seems to be an understanding, your spouse could still want to leave. And I have seen this many times where people don't understand because it appears as though the issues have been resolved. There's no ongoing matters that appear to be causing problems. And yet the other person doesn't want to stay in the marriage because they're not motivated anymore. They're not attracted to the relationship or to you. And so the question is why? And a lot of times it's because it's been talked about too much. And I know that might sound bizarre since we live in a world where we're told that communication is the be all and end all and it's vital and we just all know it, that that's what we're supposed to do whenever we have trouble or problems in our marriage. We're supposed to talk about it and communicate about it nonstop until we feel we have exhausted ourselves in the process. And that's just not true. Research has actually shown that for every negative interaction you have with your spouse, it takes at least six just to balance that out in terms of emotional closeness and connection. And the thing is, you can be right about the issues and you can tell your spouse just how wrong they are or even admit that you're wrong. 
If the process, though, is predominantly negative, even if there's a resolution, the person is not as motivated to work things out or to be with you because they don't feel as close to you. They feel hurt. They feel resentment. They feel anger from those negative things. And oftentimes, very little is actually resolved. And what surprises a lot of people is that you can actually turn the coin on the other side and focus more on the positive interactions and just have a small amount of time for some of those conflicts or issues to be discussed every now and then. If you focus on the positives instead of the negative issues, the conflict, you actually are more likely to serve your marriage best and to preserve or even resurrect the motivation and the desire of your spouse to actually be in a marriage with you. And I talk about this more in other videos, but basically you can do more to help your marriage by focusing on positive, meaningful, warm interaction than you can by trying to go through and dissect the issues and just live in a swamp of negativity and an unending conversation. Keep that in mind. The positive interaction that you can have with your spouse is more valuable than going through these issues and trying to reach some conclusion that you may or may not ever reach. That's not true in every issue, but most couples would do a lot better if they backed away from the negativity and focused more on the positives. Doesn't mean that you can't work through some issues, but it does mean that what is more important is the way that you treat your spouse, the way that you two interact, and the connection that you have that can be severed and damaged by negative, hateful, hurtful interaction. Before I get to number three, get my free mini course on saving a marriage. The link is in the description below, or you can go to marriageradio.com. That's marriageradio.com and click on marriage help. You'll see free mini course to save a marriage. It's free and it's a powerful guide to help you save your marriage. That's marriageradio.com. Number three, is there an affair going on? Oftentimes when there's an affair, the person having the affair can start to treat their spouse differently. They can have a much shorter fuse. They can leave at the drop of a hat. And so it's not necessarily all those issues that have been brought up. Sometimes there's someone else who is getting the bulk of their emotional efforts and their romantic efforts. And because of that, they start to resent you, especially if there have been unmet needs in the past, disrespect, rejection, and they're not getting those things from this new person because they're probably in something called limerence with this new person. I have a video about that, just as I have articles on my websites. Limerence is also called the honeymoon phase or infatuation, but it's a chemical response. It's a phenomenon within their own mind where this person can do no wrong, and it's chemically covered for them to feel that way. The chemicals of dopamine, vasopressin, and oxytocin can make this person angelic and perfect, and your flaws will be seen under a magnifying glass. And that can be a lot of the reason for newly found hate coming from your spouse towards you. I'm not saying that just because your spouse has suddenly turned hateful that they're having an affair. But I am saying if there have been extreme changes in the way that they treat you, their actions and time, money, those kind of things are missing and unexplainable, then you might have a case of where your spouse is having an affair. And that can be why they're are so many problems all of a sudden and maybe that's why they want to be out of the marriage if they've said that. So keep that in mind. It's probably something you've thought about, but a lot of times I notice people in this situation dismiss that as a possibility. If you're suspicious of it, usually your suspicions are correct. Unless you've been suspicious in the past and you have found out that you definitely were not right and there was no affair, 
then that's a little different. But usually your gut instinct and your suspicions are correct about affairs. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. That's been my experience with this. Number four, no matter what's going on, it's important that you don't tolerate disrespect. Now, there could be resentment coming from your spouse where they're hurt from the past and they're angry at you about the past. But it's very important that in that, you don't tolerate disrespect. You say, don't speak to me that way. I'm not interested in continuing this conversation if you're going to talk to me that way. Or we can have this conversation later, but I'm not going to sit here and be disrespected. You have to stand up for yourself because if the other person is allowed to be disrespectful to you, it will lower their attraction towards you. Plus, it will be creating that negative environment that we talked about because it's important that your spouse does not talk to you that way because they are witnessing the way they're speaking to you. And it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if I'm speaking to them this way, they're not worthy of respect or they would be demanding it. They're tolerating that I'm mistreating them. And also seeing that this person is disrespecting you through their own eyes can cause them to think to themselves kind of subconsciously. It's not necessarily something they would word this way, but basically I don't respect them or else I wouldn't be talking to them this way. And it's very difficult for a marriage to survive when the two people in the marriage don't respect each other or one of them doesn't respect the other. It's very important that you treat each other with respect, you speak to each other with respect, and that you don't tolerate disrespect from your spouse towards you. That doesn't mean that you become disrespectful or that you start yelling, but standing up for yourself calmly or disengaging if it becomes disrespectful is something that can teach your spouse how to treat you. And it can also help bring back some of that respect simply by refusing to tolerate the disrespect yourself. Number five, if your spouse is saying they want out of the marriage, you need to get a lawyer because there are lots of things that can happen that you're not even aware of that can harm you if, God forbid, there was to be a divorce. I don't want there to be. I want to help prevent that. That's why I have the free mini course on saving a marriage that you can get at marriageradio.com. But you do need to know that if this moves forward, that their lawyer is going to advise them and you're not going to be told what's going on. And a lot of times it can sabotage you. I know too many cases where people were trying to be kind to their spouse and they actually use that against them. For example, with child custody, if you have children with your spouse, it's important that even now, even if you don't think there's any proceedings going on, or especially if there are, that you stay as active in the lives of your children as you can. Make sure you're seeing them regularly, that you're involved in their life. Because if you're not, even if you're trying to be nice because your spouse is really mad at you right now, or they're not returning your texts or phone calls or emails, even then you have to insist on it. Because if it goes to court, there will be something looked at that's called precedence. And it's basically where the lawyer of your spouse will say to a judge or a mediator, this person has not made effort to be involved in the lives of his kids or her kids. And so a precedence has been set up and we should follow that going forward. I'm oversimplifying it, but lawyers can be bulldogs. That's one of the reasons they're hired. And they will try to do that because that brings more child support if you don't get equal custody. And I think that both parents should have the kids for an equal amount of time. and They should have equal custody because a child needs both his mother and his father. So you need to fight for that. You need to do even now things that make sure that if it comes to that, they will see you made effort. And if your spouse is not 
allowing that to happen, you need to have that on record because that's something that can help you at least to not be harmed legally or financially as much by your spouse is that you can show you made an effort and they were the ones who kept the kids from their parents and that can get them in trouble. So it's important that you get a lawyer, you have some conversations about things because there's a lot of things like that that you don't realize that can actually harm you in the divorce proceedings if it happens. Again, I'm trying to help prevent that, but it's best to be cautious and to protect yourself and your children for whatever the future brings. Before I get to number six, remember that free mini course at marriageradio.com. Number six is somewhat similar to the last point, but parenting still matters. A lot of this is for attraction because it is attractive to see someone be good to your kids, especially if you share them together, to watch another person be a good parent, be a good mom, be a good dad to your children. It's a powerful thing that is very attractive. It also can help your spouse to have that sense of mom, dad, and the kids. We're around the dinner table. We're playing a board game. Whatever it is that's going on, we're interacting as a family, and it can cause them to see what they might be walking away from and to get to be involved in that and to feel that, which can make them want to stay in the marriage. And it's also best for the kids because they need you during this time, especially if there was to be a split. They need to know that you're there for them and they deserve to have a life where it's not interrupted and it's not where they are ignored or put on the back burner because of what's going on between you and their other parent. You'll be glad you did in the future as far as being involved in your kids' lives and making sure that they're a priority. You will thank yourself and you might thank me later if you really focus on that. Number seven, keep in mind, people can change. Granted, it's not often and it takes effort, but people can change. It just takes a lot of time and it takes them being able to reflect. It can also take them having to experience loss. And that's why it's so important that they do get to see the family interacting together. They do get to have some positive interaction with you because we want them to be able to look back on that, especially if they do leave, if you two separate or if things start going badly with maybe that affair partner, they need to be able to look back and kind of tell themselves, you know, it was good with my spouse. Maybe I shouldn't leave. But when it comes to divorce proceedings, a lot of states, at least in the United States, there's a waiting period. Sometimes it's up to a year where you have to actually wait a year to file and sometimes significant changes can happen, especially if there's another person involved. And it's best if you can do what I'm about to mention in the next point. Number eight is delay the divorce. That's something where you need to tell your lawyer, I want to delay this. I don't want a divorce and I want to delay proceedings so that I have the best chance of reconciling and maybe my spouse can change. That's something they're used to. They're not going to look at you and be perplexed that you would ask such a thing but it is something that they know how to do because basically you just make sure you wait to meet the deadlines until the actual date and that you actually might do some things that will require more procedural things be done that will take more time. There are ways to delay this thing to give you the best chance because as feelings cool off, especially if you know some of these things you need to do, like to focus on positives and just not to do a lot of the negative things and you give them a chance at least to see what they could be losing you have better odds. It's really that simple. If you act quickly and you divorce, it's kind of like putting the toothpaste back in the tube. It's difficult to do. Once the divorce happens, the odds drop to almost nothing that the marriage can be saved. I've seen it happen, but it's rare. Usually it's just a different mindset. It's we're divorced and the person usually begins to move in another direction and just doesn't look at it that way. It's difficult. So you want to try to prevent that if at all possible. 
Remember, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. This is something that you need to be patient with and be able to appreciate the small steps. The free mini course I have at marriageradio.com is powerful, and I encourage you to go there. Under the Marriage Help tab, you'll see free mini course to save your marriage. I'd suggest you go get that right now. It's a powerful guide to help you save your marriage. This has been Coach Lee, and as always, thank you for watching.